take your Bibles, if you would. Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Uh, These are uh, powerful promises of the Psalms. Now, last week, we noticed, if you would, uh, last week, in Psalm 107, notice verse 1, uh, verse 8, uh, verse 15, verse 21, verse 31, all of these say the same thing. Notice, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. And folks, today, if, if there's something that I could get everybody to understand, then you could realize it, and it could be clear in your mind, and you could believe it in your heart, is that God is good. He's good to us. He's a good God. He loves to be good to us. And so you'll notice he said, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Why? For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Look, if you would, in verse 8. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. You know, it's important that you and I take a little time this morning. I got a chance to say, Lord, I want to thank you for your goodness to me. And I tried to illustrate some examples or give some examples, Lord. I know you did this, and I know you did that, and I just want to say thank you. And I think this passage here is for all of us. And let me explain this to you. A grateful heart can have a joyful spirit. But it's hard for you to have a joyful spirit without a grateful heart. A grateful heart causes you and I to humble ourselves and look up to the Lord and say, I know the Lord did it. And it, if you know that he is good, if it's convinced in your heart that the Lord is a good God, then you can realize in your own heart, uh, but he's good to me. You can transfer it from just up here to here. Now, notice with me, if you would, um, I, I want you to see uh, he, uh, uh, he's not only good, but notice in verse number nine, for he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. So you see the transfer of his goodness to satisfying our hearts. You see the transfer of his goodness to filling up our spirits, to being good to us where we have filled with goodness. Now notice if you would in verse number number 15. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. So one of the illustrations of the goodness of God is not just that he is intrinsically good, but that he does wonderful things for us because he is good. Now, folks, today, if I could get everybody in this room, one of the things, one of the characteristics of God, of being in the image of God is goodness of heart, that your nature, it becomes to be good. It's not everybody's nature to be good. If you have a negative bent, now, if I were to take this cup here and make it clear, and it had coffee to here, and it was clear, I would say, how much coffee do I have? Some of you would say, some of you look looking at it, well, it's half full. And so uh, I'd pause for a minute and say, uh, somebody else tell me, uh, how, many, how much gas you got in your gas tank? It's half empty. So it's the perspective that we look at it. Um, it, 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 it they, see the empty, they see the part they don't have. It's half empty. Or they see the part they do have, it's half full. That perspective changes when we have internal goodness. 
because we become thankful for that goodness of it's half full. And so today, I just want to encourage everybody to, number one, get your goodness from your Father in heaven because he is good to us. He is good in his nature. And every person that's good in their nature, it comes across in works for somebody else. A, a, a lady that's got a good heart um, will, uh, my, my wife is not in here. Okay, good. She's not in here. And so the, uh, we had last week, we had a couple of young people come. They're going to join our church today. Uh, but there are school staff and church staff. Andrew came, our, our intern. And uh, so did Jessica, Jessica Bollinger. Uh, she's going to be a K-5 teacher. Uh, she is excited about being here. And so my wife said, hey, would you go down and buy some chocolate chips? Uh, I said, what for? And she says, well, I want to make chocolate chips for the new people. Well, I said, okay, what about me? And she says, well, you can have one of them too. And so I went down and got those special chocolate chips and we've gotten my, Susan's recipe and she can make them just like Susan. It's just wonderful. And so uh, she'd make those chocolate chip cookies and put them out and gave them to them. And, and you know, the chocolate chips, how many of you know what a guitar chocolate chips from California? I know what they are, okay? They're big chips. They melt in the cookie. So if you eat the cookie, you get chocolate on you. Okay, because it melts. It's it's soft. It is wonderful. Those chocolate chips are seven dollars a bag. They have gold flakes in the chips, I think. And so I went up there and and I got the chips. And uh, to her, it didn't matter if they were five or fifty dollars a bag. And so uh, we got four bags and. And, and, okay, wait a minute. What am I got? What do I got here? Something wrong? I'm good now? Okay. All right. I can't see your face. All I can see is two hands. All right? We're good. All right. Good. All right. So I, I got it. He was wanting a chocolate chip. That's why I was slow on it. I was slow on it. Okay? Um, but anyway, uh, I love that because that's her nature is to be good to people. Now, my nature is to be good to people, too. But there is a financial limit on my goodness. You know what I'm saying? Brother Rick, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. So, you know, you, you want to be good to people. I want to help people. But, you know, let me, let me check my budget. Let me, and some people, they don't. They're just goodness. It's just overflowing. That's God. He doesn't check his budget. He doesn't have to. He just sees somebody I want to be good to, and he blesses you. And so now understand we have to be in the position of blessing. We talked about that last week. So I want you to notice now, let's go this week. Look over, if you would, in verse number 15. Follow with me. You'll notice in verse number, verse number 19, then they cry unto the Lord. Notice this, in their trouble. So when we're in trouble, we cry unto the Lord. And the Bible says, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So when you and I have a, a hurt that needs to be healed, we cry out to the Lord and his goodness, notice if you would, he sent his word and healed them. One of his words is, I'm with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
like a child that is asleep in his bed and wakes up and he's afraid. And the parent comes in and says, look, son, I'm here. I'm not going to leave you. And that calms your heart. The Lord says, I send my word and calm your spirit. I'll send my word and say, I'll help you with this. Don't worry. Well, notice if you would in, in, in this passage as I look at it, he knows that all of us are going to have disappointments. And he said, I'll send my word to heal your heart. It's a part of his goodness. Notice, if you would, not only that, it says uh, in verse 17, fools because of their transgression and because of their affliction, because of their iniquities are afflicted. You know what he's saying there? He's saying, sometimes you're foolish. And I know that. And he says, but when they cry out to me in verse 19, he said, I save them out of their distresses. Did you know, God, you'll find Israel's always doing dumb things, and the Lord's holding out his hand and said, would you just say you're sorry? And so, folks, today, when you and I cry out to the Lord every time, I love 1 John 1, 9. Can anybody tell me what that verse is? 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's nothing that you and I do that his mercy does not supersede it and say, I'll forgive that. Well, Lord, I did this. I'll forgive that. As long as you and I cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I am sorry. Now, folks, today, that's a part of the goodness of God. He didn't have to forgive us. How many of you have ever done something to somebody else and you wanted them to forgive you? And maybe they delayed in forgiving you or they didn't forgive you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay, uh, that's a pretty miserable place. That is not God. God will always forgive you. That's a part of his goodness to us. Do you realize how much that's worth? I mean, uh, I'm sorry, it's forgiven. I, I put it in the past. That's his promise to us. That's one of the promises of the Psalms. If we cry unto the Lord, he says, I'll forgive it because of my mercy and my goodness to you. I like to be good to you. Folks, how much, how much would we be willing to pay for that? I mean, to have a clean heart, to have a guiltless soul, to be forgiven in our daily walk. That is because of God's mercy and his goodness. So notice in verse number 21, uh, the psalmist cries out and says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. One of the wonderful works is that we are forgiven. One of the wonderful works of God is that you cry out to him and he says, I've put it away. Do you remember when David in 1 Samuel committed adultery with Bathsheba and then murdered her husband and the story was told. Can anybody tell me which preacher told a little story about a lamb? Anybody tell me who that was? Right here. Nathan. Nathan came in. Now, don't you know that Nathan is trembling in his boots? He's going to go before the king and point his bony finger at him and say, you did this. And, you know, that's a death sentence unless God intervenes. But he said, you know, in his heart, I know the Lord called me to do this. And you, you walk right in because it's God's plan for you. And you have to lean upon the Lord that the king doesn't, he's already killed the husband and, he, and he, obviously he doesn't care. And then all of a sudden he tells this story about a little lamb. There's a poor man in the area that has one little lamb. 
And uh, then there's a rich man that's got all kinds of lambs, and, and, and he's rich. And so the poor man has someone that comes to visit him, a stranger. And so what the, uh, the I mean, the, the rich man has, a, has someone come to him, and he's a stranger. So what he does is he goes and sees the little lamb of the poor man, the only one he's got, takes him lamb and kills it and eats it for his, for his, uh, uh, his, his wayfarer, his guest. And David was furious. He said, who would do such a thing? That man will pay for his crime. And you know what? Nathan pointed and said, you're the man. At that moment in time, don't you know, David? Oh, he said, Lord, I'm sorry. He couldn't say I'm sorry enough. Anybody ever been in that position? Where you say, you know, I, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. There's no way to get the sorrow out of your heart except that God says, I've put your sin away. I've forgiven you. And so David writes Psalm 51 as a result of that to remind us that God can and will forgive anything if we cry out to him. That is the goodness of God. There's nothing you have done that God can't save you from. And then once you've been saved, there's nothing you would do that God wouldn't say, I'll forgive that. It's all about our attitude towards God's goodness. If we take advantage of God's goodness, then it's different. But if we're truly humbled and thankful, that's the reason the thankful heart is always a joy to God and he his goodness just overflows. His mercy overflows. Jeremiah said, his mercies are new every day. Why are they? Because he loves us. He is good in his nature. He knows what we need. We need forgiveness of our sin. We need removal of our guilt. And that's a part of the goodness of God. Folks, let's learn to say, Lord, It's me. I did it. Would you forgive me? So we can enjoy the goodness of God's forgiveness. Now, notice with me, if you would, another promise. uh, I I like this one, uh, is that he strengthens us. Look, if you would, in in verse number number 25. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the ways thereof. They mount up to heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. Uh, Hebrew word for melted there is softened. God allows the storm to soften our hearts. But notice, if you would, and then, if you would, in verse 27, they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man or at their wits' end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. So God allows storms in our lives to soften our heart, to bring us to the haven where we really want to be. I want to have peace in my heart. And sometimes we can't get peace because uh, we're we're struggling. And God brings a storm in our life to, to highlight the fact that we can't stop the storm. But we can trust him. And he will strengthen us. Now, I made a couple notes about this. He noticed, if you would, in verse number, in verse number uh, thirty, 
He bringeth them unto their desired haven. Uh, He's the one that brings us. He goes with us in the storm. He said he brings us. When you bring somebody, you grab a hold of them and you bring them with you. And the Lord says, I will bring you to your desired haven. I'll bring you to the place of peace. Notice what he says in verse number 30. Then they that are glad because they be quiet. So he brings them to their desired haven. It should be nice just to have a little peace. And God says, I'll bring you to that place if you'll trust me. Now notice if you would in verse number 28. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. In the midst of their trouble, they cry out and say, Lord, I need your help. Lord, there's a relationship here that's messed up, and I need your help. Lord, there's somebody at work, and I need your help. There's somebody in the neighborhood, somebody in the family, and Lord, I need your help. Lord, would you help me? And he strengthens us. How much is it worth to be strong? It's without price. You know, the older we get, How many of you, as you've gotten older, you've noticed there are something maybe that you used to do like that, and you can't do it like that anymore? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay. All right. Um, One of them is the the peanut butter jar. Uh, How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Or sometimes you get a jar of pickles or whatever, and the factory put it on, or it's those pill boxes that are adult proof. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you get one of those pill boxes and you mash it or you push it down. You could stand on it and do this and barely get it open. And so you look at it and say, what's going on here? You know, you begin to worry and say, why is this so hard? Is it the bottle or is it me? How many have ever had that thought hit your mind? Raise your hand. Let me see it. Let me see it. Okay, look at there. See, it happens to all of us. Okay. At that moment, Lord, I need you. And wouldn't, isn't it wonderful the Lord says, ah, will strengthen you. I will grab you by the hand and bring you to the place that you desire to be. Folks, that's the goodness of God. After we've messed up, we deserve to be weak and broken. But he says, I will strengthen you and take you to the desired place. Notice verse 30. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. If you have your Bible, turn to Psalm 34. I want you to see this. Psalm 34. I want you to notice this passage. Psalm 34. Look with me if you would. In verse number six. This poor man cried. The Lord heard him. Poor man, I recognize that I am poor. I'm poor in wealth, or I'm poor in health, or I'm poor in strength, or I'm poor in wisdom. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of how many of his troubles? All of his troubles. The God of heaven is so great and mighty, it can be done with all your troubles. Well, notice this in verse number eight. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? Good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. So you and I are blessed of God when we trust in his goodness to us, when we believe that. Now, I want you to notice, if you would, uh, look in, over, back over in Psalm 107, and, and notice, if you would, in verse number 38. I want you to get this, and we'll, we'll, we'll uh, finish our study of Psalm 107. Notice verse 38. 
He blesseth them also. Who is that? We're going to go back and look at it in a minute. So that they are multiplied greatly. Now, without looking back, how many of you would like to be blessed and multiplied greatly? Well, that'd be all of us. Okay, well, notice what he says. And suffereth not their cattle to de- decrease. Now, now get, get what this verse is saying. He'll bless us. Notice if the second thing. And multiply us. We want to be blessed and multiplied. And then notice, and he'll suffer us not to have our cattle decrease. So he blesses us, and then he tells us, Satan, leave them alone. He puts a hedge about us. When God did that to, to, to Job, he became the richest man of the East. When he did it to Abraham, he became the, one of the richest men in his day. When God puts a hedge about us, he did it to, to Solomon. When God says, I'm going to bless you and multiply you, and then he says, and I'm going to put a control on what you lose. You know, I don't know about you, but I like the fact that I can pray and say, Lord, uh, would you let this suit last a long time? Lord, would you let my car last a long time? Lord, would you bless my car? Would you prevent things from happening to it? So now when I drive by and I see somebody with a flat tire, I'll try to say, Lord, bless that guy. I know nobody wants a flat tire, especially not me, okay? So God blesses us in ways that we will never even know. Because when you go out to the car, how many of you go out to your car and, and you get in your car and you, before you push the button or before you turn the key, you say, Lord, please help it to start. How many of you did that this morning? Let me see your hand. You see, we don't think about it. But listen, God is behind that. His goodness to you and I. And you and I, if we're not careful, can take it for granted and not thank him for his many blessings, wonderful works. Now, let's go back, and I want you to see how you get in the position of this blessing. Notice, let's read it again, verse 38. He blesseth them also. We're going to go back and see who them are, so that they are multiplied greatly. We all want that, but you notice, and suffereth not their cattle to be to decrease. Uh, notice, if you would, now look in verse number 36. And there he maketh the hungry to dwell. So you and I have to have a thirst or a hunger for God's goodness. We have to have a hunger for the Lord to bless us. That means you and I have to recognize that God is there. We have to recognize that he is good. We have to have a hunger. Lord, I want your blessing. How do we do that? We pray. We cry out to God. Lord, I need your blessing in this health issue. Lord, I need your blessing in in my friend's health issue. Uh, you, you, you have a burden uh, by empathy that you're burdened down because of this person. And so we have a hunger. That's the first thing that God looks for to bless, a hunger. Lord, I need, I need you. Now notice the second thing. Look in verse number, uh, verse number 37. And sow the fields. We have to do our part. We have to sow. We have to uh, we, we have to look at it and say, look, I, I'm going to sow the seeds of trust in my heart. I'm going to trust the Lord. Notice the next one. And plant vineyards. So we have to do what we can do. 
Um, notice, if you would, which may yield fruits of increase. So you and I do our part. If you want to have the wisdom of God, then you've got to study God's Word. You've got to read it. Um, if you want to have the wisdom of God, you've got to say, Lord, I need your wisdom. If any man lack wisdom, let him do what? Ask. There's, there's that's sowing and reaping. Uh, we do our part. Um, Lord, I need this. I need you. And so we begin to, to sow the seeds of trust in the Lord. I'm going to trust the Lord. And he begins to multiply our blessings. Now, blessings are not always financial. Blessings are healthy children, healthy grandchildren, a healthy wife. Blessings are new little ones that are healthy. Blessings are God's goodness to you when you got up this morning that you didn't hurt. Blessings. There are four people on my prayer list that I pray for every day that have migraines. Anybody ever had a migraine? Okay. I've had one. It's called a cluster headache. I, I, I didn't know what it was. Uh, went to the doctor. I thought my head was going to blow up. And he said, oh, you're having a, a cluster migraine. I, I said, what is that? How do you get that? He says, well, that's a long story. But, and, and so I'm telling you, I prayed and said, Lord, uh, this debilitates me. I, I can't serve you like I need to serve you. And I've had one. You know what? Thank you. Lord, that's a blessing. How many ever had vertigo? How many know what vertigo is? How many have ever had it? Let me see your hand. Okay. Vertigo, uh, one, one morning I was, I was laying in bed. I got up to get ready to go to work, and I got up out of the bed, and it was like everything was swirling. And, and I, I needed to use the restroom, and I, I, couldn't, I started to get out of bed, and I got sick in my stomach. I said, well, what's going on here? And so uh, it went on for about I lay there. I said, I'll lay here and I'm sure it'll pass. Well, when that passes, oh, what a relief. It didn't pass. It was there that morning. Uh, it, it was there for another hour. And I tried to get up and I worked out of the bed, slipped up, side of the bed, got on the floor and crawled to the restroom. I got back in bed and I said, Lord, I, I'm ruined. I began to think about, I can't go to work. Lord, what is this? And so I picked up the phone and called a doctor friend. Um, and he said, oh, I know what you got. You got vertigo. I says, what is that? He said, well, I'll send you a pill. And so he sent his prescription. My wife went to the store and got the prescription. I took one pill. In 30 minutes, I was outside mowing the yard. I'm mowing the yard. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you so much. Lord, thank you. Because I first found out what it's like not to have your balance, to be sick in my stomach, not be able to get out of bed. Uh, so I think the Lord allows these troubles sometimes to cause us to say, Lord, I need you. There's some people that have vertigo off and on much of their life. It would be a, a, a terrible malady. But you and I have to learn to say, Lord, I'll trust you. You have something for me to do. But Lord, I need you. Now, I want you to close with this. Notice, if you would, in verse number, uh, verse number 41. Yet setteth he the poor on the eye from affliction, and maketh him families like a flock. Notice verse 42. The righteous shall see it and rejoice. 
and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Notice verse 43. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. I, I do realize that the Lord is loving and kind to me more than I deserve. One morning of vertigo. Lord, oh, you are so good to me that I get up every morning, I don't hurt. I, 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 can, I can get out of bed by myself, Lord. Oh, thank you. Folks, notice if you would, he says, whoso is wise and will observe these things. That's up to you and I. If you want to be blessed of God, you've got to be wise and observe these things. Uh, observing. I, I, I noticed uh, this past week someone was giving devotional studies. I thought it was a, in, in staffing, I thought it was a great illustration. A famous scientist was trying to teach his students in the first steps of how, how to, uh, uh, to uh, find cures and to find solutions to things. And he said, the first step is observation. What do you mean? So he brings a fish into class and lays it in front of everybody. He said, I want you to write down everything you observe about that fish. It was there for two weeks. And one kid said, I found 37 things about that fish. Uh, one, it stinks, okay? Two weeks. Didn't at the first, but it does now, okay? That observation caused him to see things he never even thought about before. And he says, those that are wise and observe these things... Observe the goodness of the Lord. Observe in others. Observe in yourself. And then notice that you and I are to be thankful for his loving kindness to us. There's power in the Psalms, folks. He says, I'll bring you to your desired end. They that delight themselves in the Lord, he said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. But he says, delight yourself in me. I want you to cry out to me. So I grab your hand and bring you to the place where you're comfortable. Today, are you in a place of peace in your heart? Are you in a place of comfort in your heart? I don't mean financially. I don't mean all those things. I mean in your soul, is there peace? If not, the Lord says, I will bring you to a place of peace. But you have to observe it in other people and be thankful for his loving kindness to them and to you. Do you notice when God is good to you? Be thankful. Lord Jesus, I am sorry when I take your goodness for granted. Lord, I know it happens, and I'm sorry. And Father, I'm certain it happens in our, our church family. And I pray that you'd help us to take note of your goodness your character. Help us to use wisdom and observe your goodness to others, your goodness to us. Lord, I pray that we would be thankful for your goodness and your loving kindness to us. Lord, thank you for your goodness today. In your name we pray.